2: All right, get your helmets on. Hey, let's go, let's go. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. It's the varsity blitz high school football coaches show, presented by your local pick and save stores. I feel
1: that chill. Smell that fresh coat.
2: Let's turn it over to Muskego athletic director Ryan McMillan. And the fans' high school insider, big time, Mike McGivern. Welcome to
3: the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores on AM 1250, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern, and Ryan McMillan, the AD from Muskego, is my co-host every week, and he is uh, with us, obviously, this week. Uh, Ryan, how you been?
4: I've been well. I can't complain. It uh, was a good night for the Warriors last night, and we got a whole bunch of stuff going on uh, with the other sports today, so it should be a should be a great day. You know,
3: athletic directors that used to be head football coaches normally don't bring up other sports. They say it's football. Remember, we had Joe Cook on. He's the AD in uh, um, in Paradise, Texas, at Paradise High School, and I was on their Facebook page. I said, "Hey, your girls' tennis team." He said, "We have one of those." Really? Oh, God. Yeah, you (laughs) posted. He laughed, you know, Joe. Um, Hey, so last night it's 7-7 at halftime. And uh, in typical Muskego fashion, they, you know, threw their touchdown pass to to open the game, right? And uh, he ends up going three for three for two touchdowns. But 7-7 at half, and I've seen it um, in person twice now, where the game's close. About midway, you know, through the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, and then the they start wearing people down. Mosquito does with what they run offensively, and how they pound people. And that obviously happened last night. Twenty-one, nothing. You outscored McGraw in the uh, second half. And Ryan, I got to tell you this: There's a number of teams that we could and we would be looking at our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. But I got a call and. Um, I was asked this question, why is it that y- you um, don't have a team like Muskego as, you do, as your credit Union team of the week? And I said, well, you know what? They, uh, they win a lot, and they have a number now of, of gold ball state championship balls, and I don't know if this would be, and the guy asked me this question, Ryan, he said, why do you penalize them for being good? Huh. And I'm like, I had no answer for that. And, he, yeah. and this person, who is kind of in charge of this UW Credit Union Team of the Week, um, we, you and I picked the winners. He said, would you do me a favor? I think this McGuanago-Muskego game is going to be a heck of a game. Could we have the winner be our UW Credit Union Team of the Week? I said, sure. I think that's, that that would be fine. So I can tell you right now, uh, we don't have to wait for it. Muskego, be our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. And maybe we'll have Coach Krause on later on the show if, uh, if we can um, hey, let's get off the, the, the Muskego went in and beat McGowanigo, and let's talk a little bit about um, the playoffs. And we, we are going to do that later in the show. Uh, we're going to have Phil Erdolon, uh who is a superintendent of WIAA, and he handles this area, or he's a superintendent of Wauwatosa Schools, excuse me, handles this area with the WIAA. And, and I understand that they sent an email out um, saying, hey, look, if, you, if your team's going to be in, your school wants to be in the playoffs, you got to let us know um, no later than October 27th, and then kind of started to to fill in some of the questions that we've had in the past. Um, I know that this email went to a number of people, and, and I would assume that you were on that list. Have you seen the email that they sent out?
4: Yeah, so it was a, uh, I think it was a two or three question survey that they pushed out. I believe they pushed it out to all... Uh, member schools that are participating in 11-man and 8-man football this fall.
3: Hey, Ryan, uh, you know what? The one that I got my hands on actually talks about, look, we, we, we re- reorganize the schools that are facing unique challenges. There's no questions on this. They're saying we're going to use a playoff um, qualifying criteria to choose 224 teams. Teams will be placed in pods of four. We will attempt to group by records to make the pods more competitive. Um, but it will be done regionally. There will be a 16 team for eight man. We don't. We probably won't talk at all about that because we don't have any eight man uh, teams in this area. Um, and then on the survey, you will indicate whether you wish to participate in the playoff field or not. And then they talk about, hey, look, um, if something happens or you don't want to play in this, you let us know, and then we'll we'll move it around. But they don't talk about, look, if you're in Division, I don't know, 5, Division 6, Division 7, there's not many teams in this area. Lake Country Lutheran beat Wauwatosa East last night to go 5-0, and o, ranked number one in Division 5. And other than Lakeside Lutheran, which a lot of times they'll push them west into the Madison area, but there isn't any Madison schools playing, so I'm sure they're going to come this way. There's only two teams in the top 10, in Division 5 in the coaching poll. So I don't know how they're going to be able to make those those competitive. When you look at the top four teams and they're going to play in that kind of playoff bracket to see who the number one team in the regional is, I don't know how they're going to do that.
4: Yeah, and I think I alluded to this uh, last week. There's This is going to be a challenge. Um, not to say that, that they can't meet the challenge or they won't rise up to it, but there is some uh, there is some pressure and whatnot to try and figure out a way to get this right because I think you know with that survey I think you're going to see some teams just decline and say thanks but no thanks, um, and then the other ones you know if you know you send Lake Country Lutheran to Muskego for example just because they're undefeated right if that's how they, they look at it uh we all know that's not going to be a competitive game um and that's not what anyone's kind of looking for so there's a great deal of balance and and care that's going to have to be taken uh with this and i think i think really as they started to look at this thing i think that's what prompted them to reaching out to all the schools to ask them um who's interested who's not interested so you start to get a great feel for the lay of the land because I can tell you as we were talking, you know, in past weeks about, you know, 18 brackets and some of this other stuff for playoffs, uh when you look at the greater picture, those who want to actually get in the playoffs and and get playing and and compete against each other, especially in today's times, are really in the minority, you know. I mean, I don't championship caliber type programs. There's not a lot of them. It just there's not a lot around and and so we'll see how that uh how the feedback comes back and how you know, do schools sign up and say, yeah, we want to automatically play two more games and have to revenue share with with the uh, WIA? Or no, we've had enough and, uh, you know, we're not that healthy to begin with and it's late, it's cold. I mean, you think about past years, a lot of the state's not used to playing in this cold weather Correct. and snow and everything else. I mean, last, I believe last night would have been level one of the playoffs and it yep. felt like a playoff game against Miguanigo and. Now, as you keep going, I mean, I could tell you our last two years when we've gotten to level three and four, those have been some of the worst weather games I've ever been a part of. Um, yeah. So we'll see. And it's not getting any warmer, it doesn't feel like yeah. right now as we close in the end of October. So <laughs> it, it's not. it uh, that factors well, in in people's minds and we'll see how, how it all shakes out. I think, uh, I think it could be really good, uh, but we definitely got some work to do. So um, I should have probably
3: let you know I was going to ask you this question. You don't have to answer it uh, if you don't want to. But uh, do you know if Muskego is going to uh, opt in, opt out? Because last week you he said, hey, look, we have some options. There are options for us right now. And we, we you know, that's something that we're going to have to decide as a group. And, and you know, you're the athletic director, so you would be the, kind of the lead on this thing. And again, you don't have to answer it if you don't you don't feel like you you want to at this point. But is that is the opportunity to still opt out and continue to play um, there from Muskego?
4: Yeah, and I believe it's there for uh, every team because as you looked at the original uh, structure of just the season in general, they said there will be some sort of playoff type opportunity. But even in the past. You can still go out and still schedule games to keep playing through the uh, and right. really their scrimmages. Right in the past this year, I think they're they're more games because they wanted to give everybody ultimate flexibility to navigate navigate the pandemic. Um, so I think that's the other piece of this is if schools don't like their their pairing or their drawing, could they go out and find other like-minded opponents that might be a better fit for them? And the answer, at least as I understood it, and I could be wrong. Uh, the answer is yes from at least the beginning of the season through where we are today as nobody really knew what the culminating event or or playoff type thing would look like and and, you know and that that could factor in too and maybe that maybe that uh, affects some things and and changes some stuff up and but like I said I think last week on the show we got until what midnight the Friday before that uh, they'll have to pair people up and you know, we're used to going to the seating meetings on Saturday morning and you really don't know who you're gonna play till sometime Saturday afternoon and once you get your film study and the, the tapes exchanged and and so we, we got some time to make sure we get this thing right and I think every school's looking at all the same factors and I think most schools are saying yes, we'll we'll opt in if you wanna kinda of have a look at it and see how it turns out and then could people opt out? Yep. And that's kinda of, and that's no different than other sports too, as you look at the structure of all of the WIA tournaments. If you have an unforeseen issue where maybe your your kids are sick or someone's hurt or you know you're out of the playoffs, you notify the WIA right away. They take the team that you might have beat and they move them move them into your spot. And we really don't have a bracket like that to operate like that in football. So time will tell. There's a lot of uh, there's more questions than there are answers, but it seems like they are are really set on two weeks of football and. And not going into deer hunting or Thanksgiving and and so be it and you know at the end of the day We'll we'll count our blessings that we keep to keep playing and and take the opportunities as they come Hey, let me
3: run down today's show for us Uh, We're gonna get to a break in a minute other side of the break and I'm excited to talk to Brian Lee again haven't talked to him in a bit He's a head football coach at Cedarburg High School, and they're having a heck of a year. And I reached out and I said, Coach, can can we get you on for a couple of segments? He said, of course. So Brian Lear, the head coach from Cedarburg, alongside, they're going to do kind of a roundtable thing uh, with us, uh, Ryan. So it'll be fun. We'll be able to talk to all these guys instead of, you know, going to one guy during a break. They're all going to be there. His four captains, uh, Wyatt Hart, Charlie O'Connell, Lucas Bork, and John McFadden. We'll be joining uh, Brian Lear, and we'll talk a little bit about Bulldog football. And, uh, man, it's it's good to see them playing really well again. At 11 o'clock, our current electric superhero of the week. She is Oconomowoc High School girl, Anna Wachowiak. And trust me, she is uh, as impressive as the, the other ones we've had. I talked to her for about a half hour, and and. She just kept saying, hey, um, I might want to add this in, and I did this as a sophomore, and I attended this Wisconsin School Council Leadership Camp, and maybe we should put that in, and she's just really busy. And I look forward to having Anna uh, join us at 11 o'clock. 11.15, Phil Ertle will join us, and Phil, um, we're going to probably keep him over... For maybe um, one segment, maybe two. We'll we'll uh, we'll get into the playoff stuff and get his feeling on on what he thinks uh, is going on and how he thinks this should be structured and talk a little bit about all the things that's been going on in Wawatosa and how they've been able to navigate uh, through that. 11:45, Ryan and I'll wrap it up and we may get uh, Coach Krausian, uh, head coach at Muskego, and and uh, congratulate him and uh, that, that program as our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. After this break, Brian Lear, head coach at Cedarburg, and his four captains will join us. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by our local pick-and-save stores on AM 1250, The Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on AM 1250 The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. My co-host is Ryan McMillan, the Athletic Director at Muskego High School. And we are now joined by the head football coach, 24th year, I believe, at Cedarburg High School. He's Brian Lear. Brian, how you doing?
5: Good, Mike. How are you doing this morning?
3: Man, it's good to be talking Bulldog football, coach. Absolutely. You know, um, I'll tell you what, you guys are having a heck of a year, and people are starting to pay attention. Guys like me are really starting to pay attention. Did you know coming in, Coach, that that this had a chance to be a special year if we ever figured out all this stuff and got you to the field?
5: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a really, really good group of kids, and, and uh, had a lot of experience, you know, these kids had you know, played a lot, you know, early on as as sophomores, even some as freshmen. And uh, last year, I really felt, you know, we started going, getting back in the, you know, the right uh, path, right direction, uh, which we had typically been over the years. Um, The kids really started turning around the second half of the season last year and made a push and got in the playoffs. And I thought that senior class this year really meshed with last year's senior class. And, uh, you know, they, they took that and, uh, you know, rolled it over into this year. And, yeah, I mean, I definitely expected us to be highly competitive, um, just like anybody else. Worried about not having a season, um, you know, we're we're happy that we've had a chance to do that, and uh, you know, stayed healthy so far. And uh, yeah, we've been counting on these kids, and they've really uh, stepped up in a in a big way. They've uh, taken last years, and they've they've even taken it to a higher level.
3: Man, that's awesome, hey, Coach. When I introduced you, as your 24th year as the head football coach at Cedarburg High School it's gone quick, hasn't it? That 24 years, you, you think, man, this is, a, this is a veteran that's been around for a while, but, man, it, it doesn't seem to me like you've been there that long. And the fact that when I read that today, I went, really? I didn't know. It didn't seem like he's been there that that long. Um, let me ask you this. The difference between Brian Lear now and Brian Lear 24 years ago, how, how big of a difference being the head football coach at Cedarburg is that for you?
5: Gray hair and about uh, 40 <laughs> pounds. But, uh, Other um, than that, pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, you just evolved as a coach over the year years. You know, obviously, uh, you know, from an X those standpoint, you, you know, you grow. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, at least some of the basic principles of, of your coaching, um, you know, you, you stay true to those things. Um, uh, but I think just the evolution of, you know, your, you know, learning coaching and just, you know, you do evolve in how you, uh, relate with kids and how you interact with kids, uh, you know, as a, as a young coach, um, you have different, you know, different perspectives as, as you go over the years. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, you see yourself evolving and, and changing to some degrees and in, in some areas, but a lot of it, you know, you, you circle back and, and, uh, you know, you, think about the kids and you think about your school and that's really what you're focusing on. And, you know, early on, I, you know, you talk about all these years. I remember my first all conference meeting and the gentlemen that were in the room, um, and you know, all these names like, uh, Al Ernest from Fort Washington, yeah. 200, all these guys had won 200 games in their careers and won state championships and Phil Datka and, uh, Kip Kramer, you know, all these guys from Grafton. I mean, he walked in there pretty, uh, pretty humble. That's for sure. So, um uh, well, you know, so yeah. you're
3: the hey coach, you're that guy now. Yeah. So when they, some of these other guys walk in, they're like, hey, that's Brian Lear, man. That that Hard guy is uh, he's been at Cedarburg a while. Hey, what? Uh, and and I'm gonna ask you about this. What offense are you back to running? What you're most comfortable with now?
5: Yeah, I think we got a mix. I think we have a mix of that. You know, um, last couple of years um, we we had been doing a few different things. You know, it fit, fit our personnel, we had quite a few uh, you know receivers and. Uh, you know, my son had played, uh, quarterback and he had experience. And so we've, so we are, you know, um, doing, uh, some of the things that we had done in the past. We run out of a shotgun now instead of our double wing, but that you might be familiar with. And yep. we're still using some of the principles that, uh, you know, we, we started to install, uh, last year. You know, we, we were projected to be, uh, you know, our possible starting quarterback. And you know, last year, my son got injured in the middle of the season and, and, uh, uh, that player stepped in for two two uh, weeks, did a solid job. Well, he moved to the UP about two weeks before the season, and oh. uh, you know you're trying to figure out who's going to play. And Wyatt Hart has stepped in uh, for us. He's played every position I think, uh, besides the defensive line and the offensive line, literally. Um, and he stepped in, and uh, he's been more than just uh, you know, kid running the show. He's throwing the ball really well. Um, he runs the ball. Excellent leader. So. We've still been able to do some of those things that we've been putting in and, you know, use you know, all the talents of our kids. But, uh, yeah, we've been running the ball really well, and we use that base set majority of the time this year.
3: In fact, uh, Wyatt, um, are you there, Wyatt Hart?
5: Yeah,
6: I am.
3: Hey, so looking on your roster, they got you listed as a 5'11", 170-pound defensive back and running back. And and then I start looking, and I looked at, uh, at last night's game, and I thought, man – we better get Wyatt to tell Coach Lear, you should throw the ball a little bit more. Because you look at your stats from last night, man, right? You threw the ball really well. And and uh, I'm thinking, hey, maybe we should get Wyatt to just come on the air and say, look, Coach Lear, either you start throwing the ball more or I'm going to have to just play defensive back. What do you think?
6: Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I think uh, I think running the ball a lot actually helped, helped open up the pass game. The line gave me plenty of time, and obviously I have a lot of receivers that can go up and make plays. So, yeah, when when we get the chance to throw it, it helps when it works out.
3: Hey, Ryan McMillan, uh, so Wyatt Hart, again, he's a defensive back on the roster. He was 3-4 for last night for 68 yards and two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 156. I might have to pick this boy up in my fantasy football league.
6: (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
3: Hey, Ryan, you're used to having guys that have to move around a lot, and I can't wait to talk to Lucas Bork because they've got him listed as a defensive back, wide receiver, tight end, kick returner, punt returner, and running back. So I have no idea what that boy's playing, but we'll get to him in a minute. Hey, Ryan, when you, when you have guys like this that have to play a lot of different positions and buy in on both sides of the ball, that you have a chance to be pretty successful as a team. Yeah, I mean, well, Oh, Ryan.
4: Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, no, I think you got to give credit to to coach and his staff for one taking a look at their systems to make it likable and learnable, and allow these kids to know what they're doing on both sides of the ball, and then it gives you a great opportunity when you do that to maximize your talent and allow these kids to shine in multiple different spots, And, and it's awesome to hear, and it's. It takes me back to some of the the small school football days of, of where I was when I was growing up, and it's uh, it's kind of refreshing. And, and kudos to you guys.
3: Hey, hey, wide, can I ask you? So two weeks before the guy that everybody thought was going to play quarterback moves, did you did you walk in and say, hey, look, I I'll, I'll play quarterback if you need me, or did Coach Lear come to you and say, hey, let's take a look at you at this position?
6: So, um, actually, in the past probably three years, I'd say, I've always kind of been like the third-string quarterback, emergency guy. If I need to go in, I can. I know the plays. I can hand the ball off. And then when the uh, other quarterback moved, I kind of just stepped in. I was like, hey, guys, I'm doing this. Let's go. We got out on the field every day. We passed. We, we worked on all of our plays with our, our coaching staff, and we just got to work. And then when the season came along, we were all ready to go. We had confidence. We knew what we could do, and
3: we're just getting it done. Hey, so can you take me back, why to that first quarter against Slinger, right? So you guys put up 21 um, against them. Were you, the nerves that you had prior to the game, well, um, you know, that's your huddle now. That, that You're the guy that everybody's looking at. Um, how were you that first quarter? You're okay with that?
6: Yeah, well, prior to the game, I was definitely really nervous, but all all the guys told me they had my back. They knew what I could do. They were there for me no matter what. We got out there. We ran the ball hard, and it opened up the pass game. I'd say after about the first play or second play, I wasn't feeling too nervous. I was feeling good. And then uh, we just had some receivers open, and I, I hit them. I couldn't believe how open they were. And then the nerves were all gone after that.
3: Yeah, five for seven that game for 167 and a touchdown. Yeah, man. If if Cedarburg had homecoming after a game like this, you even had a chance to have a girl go to homecoming with you or something, right? (laughs) Yeah,
6: yeah, I probably would
3: have. That a boy, Wyatt. Hey, I love. Hey, Coach Lear, I love the fact that the first thing he said was, "Look, you know this offensive line is really good. Our running backs hitting. They're we're running the ball really well. The offensive line. Somebody." coach this boy up to right away thank those big boys up front because without them he's going to get knocked every play.
5: <laughs> yeah we coach him up a little bit on that but uh, uh, Wyatt and really this whole team uh, I really think they, they believe that at heart and uh, their teammates and you know what it takes to be successful so you got to them a little bit in that direction but uh, they're really that type of uh, you know group of kids where they, they get it that everyone's hey. got to do it together.
3: And, Brian, we're going to talk to Charlie O'Connell and John McFadden who play the line in the next segment. I want to get to Lucas Bork if we can. Lucas, what what position? I mean, obviously you know what a Swiss Army knife is, which is something for everybody. <laughs> Defensive back, wide receiver, tight end, kick returner, punt returner, running back. What are you playing right now?
7: <laughs> um, pretty much, I mean, I just was able to step in wherever we need. We need some, uh, some plays we made. I mean, Coach has been working me wherever, like everywhere, really. Um, We like to mix up where we play everyone so that we get more open looks. Uh, I mean, Drew and I switch a lot, and then I switch over the other side just because it opens up everything for everybody. We can get more runs out of it, more passes. It's just – it's versatility is a huge thing in football.
3: Hey, Lucas, if I said you got to pick one position, you got to pick one out of the seven they have you listed at, what would you pick?
7: Oh man, that's tough. Um, I don't even know. I, see, I guess just some offensive position. As long as I'm, I just like to play offense. You know, it's it's fun. It's it's engage. It's I don't even know. I don't even have the words for it. Yeah, but you hey. it, it, just it's it's a team effort, and that's what I love about it. We we're in that huddle, and it's just a different bond. And I just I've never experienced
3: anything like that. You know, and and you told me not to say this, Lucas, but Wyatt, Lucas called me before the show and said, could you tell Wyatt to throw me the ball a little bit? I'm open all day long. Why doesn't he throw me the ball a little bit more? Wyatt, he never called me. I'm only kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, I want to talk to Charlie O'Connell. Love the, Love that Irish... Name, O'Connell, you'll be talking to McGivern and McMillan. So the three Irish boys will talk for a while and McFadden as well. So we'll talk to Charlie O'Connell and John McFadden. We're talking Cedarburg football today. Bulldog football, if you, if you have not been paying attention and watched the you know, last couple of years, maybe some struggles, a little bit with some injuries, but they're back this year and they're playing really well. And I, I called Brian and said, I'd lo- love to talk to you and your captains and just congratulate you, boys. He said, come on, let's let's do that. So we will talk to Charlie O'Connell and John McFadden, along with Brian Lear on the other side of the break. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On AM 1250, The Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. My co-host is Ryan McMillan. We're joined by Brian Lear, the head football coach at Cedarburg, alongside his four captains, doing kind of a roundtable today. Um, Wyatt Hart, Lucas Bork, we've talked to you a little bit. We'll get back to those boys in a minute. Charlie O'Connell and John McFadden we're going to talk to now, but before I get to them, Brian, i got to tell you what my sideline reporter that was covering the game last night, who has coached, um, he's been around sports for a long time. And he said, uh, at one time, he said, look, I didn't realize how good defensively the Cedarburg team is. He said, but man, they go sideline to sideline. And there's not, there's not one guy making a tackle. There's four guys making the tackle. And he said that they're really good athletes on the Cedarburg defense. And these guys are flying to the ball was one thing. And then at the end, Brian, I, I, I need for you to know that he told me this. And I, he said, look, here was the cool part for me, Mike. He said, I've been around this a long time. The starters came out and the second team went in. And there was nobody more engaged than the starters On the sidelines, you should have saw these guys go nuts when the second team scored a touchdown. He said, it was so cool for me because I've seen it for years when the starters come out, they go sit on the bench and they're high-fiving and talking to themselves, but not this team. These guys stood and were fully engaged watching that second team um, go down the field and score a touchdown. And he said, and they went absolutely nuts on the sidelines. And Brian, I think for me, that, the, I, that made me smile because, you know, you've been around a long time. Coach McMillan, the same thing. Sometimes it's hard to get guys that, you know, hey, I'm the starter. What, what do I care about what the second team is doing? And this guy made a point to say that's not happening at Cedarburg.
5: Yeah, I mean, it, we've always tried to make a point, to, you know, with the kids that, um, you know, football is the ultimate team sport and it takes everybody. And our kids know that, that you know, the kids that are working you know, throughout practices, you know, whether they be, uh, you know, the first backup or, or, you know, even lower down the uh, depth chart that we need everybody on on board. Um, you know, kids bring energy to practice. They prepare themselves to, to get playing time and even more so, you know, they don't know if it's going to come or not. And so, um, we want the, the first crew to always acknowledge those efforts, uh, of those kids. And a lot of times in practice, you know, we'll have our starters, you know, um, acknowledge and thank the uh, thank the guys that are uh, playing as a, a scout team and just you know make sure that they know that and uh, you know it's a tight group again this year and so um, you got to remind them of staying with your teammates but it doesn't take much they are wow. you know, there for them I, you know what?
3: He made a big deal out of it, and if you're watching tape and stuff and, and anybody has how these guys react on the sidelines, if you missed it, take a look at it. Because this guy that, that calls in, um, he's really good at what what he does, but he doesn't give these kind of compliments like that. And so it, it made a big impact on him. Uh, hey, um, Ryan McMillan, you, you realize when you talk about a last name like O'Connell and McFadden, what Brian Lear has done is he's taken the tough Irish kids and he's moved them in the line because you got to be tough and mean, a little nasty to play line out in Cedarburg. And he obviously knows who the tough kids are in the school, McMillan, because he takes them and puts them up in the line. Oh,
4: uh, there's no doubt you can tell those guys are fighters right off the bat. Just throw them in there and <laughs> let them maul somebody. <laughs> Man, I, I wouldn't fight a guy named Charlie
3: O'Connell or John McFadden for all the tea in China. Charlie, let's start with you. Six foot two, twenty five, offensive line, defensive line um hey congratulations Charlie so far so good this year
1: yeah it's been awesome we got a with some coaches changes this year we've had a new offensive line coach come in coach Brigato, and uh, he's been around the program a lot he's got a son on the team and he was our freshman coach he helped out with the youth and he came in on a For our offensive line, he just told us that we have a chance to be something super successful, and he told us that we really have a good chance to be really good this year. And you know, we've had a fun time. He works us very hard, but we know that hard work is going to pay off in the game. We've been having a fun time opening holes for our running backs and giving time for our quarterback, and it's been really awesome because our offense
3: has been pretty dominant this year. It's been really dominant. Hey Charlie, when uh, when you guys line up and and again across the the, the front when, when you're playing offense on uh, for Brian Lear, you, you're expected to be disciplined and be tough and you have got to you've got to make some seams and holds for these running backs. Um, it, it, offense or defensive line do you like better by the way?
1: Uh, I'm really strictly O line. Uh, they kind of gave me the D line position just in case. I'm kind of an emergency guy there. Like, if they really need someone to go in, uh, I'll, I'll go over there and play. But I'm an O lineman. I've been a right guard, right tackle for most of my whole football career. You know, we've got a good group of guys in the line. We've got some good size, good speed. And, you know, it's it's been fun.
3: Hey, um, do you like playing all, uh, guard or tackle better?
1: Uh, most of my life I've played guard, but really wherever coach needs me, I'll go. I mean, I,
3: I know most of the
1: positions because it, I've worked on this offense for like eight years, so I can really fill in wherever and just make an impact wherever I can. So I really can't say I've played guard most of my life, but either one, I'll I'll step in
3: there and I'll have Had a boy. John McFadden, it's nice to meet you, 6'3", 260. Um, so John, uh, do you play just offense or do you go both ways?
2: um i'm most i'm mostly defense um i can i can fill on an offense again mostly like, uh, if i really need to i can fill in any spot on the offense uh tackle guard um but i usually will be playing on the interior of the defensive line
3: so hey during practice then you get a chance to hit charlie o'connell a little bit <laughs> i do i do get yeah. hit charlie how's that not bad you, you you take care of charlie pretty good
2: no, Charlie. Charlie can handle himself. Uh, <laughs> it's all—it's always a battle when I go up against uh, Charlie O'Connor or any of the Boy brothers. That's uh thats always a battle on Down in the
3: Trenches. Uh, I, oh, you got to come back with that. Any of the what?
2: Any of the Boy brothers.
3: There we go. All right, they've got their own name and that's—that's that's awesome. Hey, John, did you know coming into this year, kind of like Coach Lear said, look, we knew because we, you guys, I think, won, you know. Three or four of your last five games last year. Did you have a pretty good feeling about? Look, when we get back at it and get going again, we got a chance to be pretty good.
2: Uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely had that in mind. Uh, I knew the my senior class that I'm with. I knew we were gonna, we were gonna come out and give it everything we had every play. Um, been with the, been uh, friends with a lot of kids in the junior class, and I knew that they were ready to come out and really show what they got. And uh, I knew that for the upper classmen, we were gonna give everything we had every play, every down. Just uh, for the entirety of the season, and uh, a lot of the sophomore guys really stepping up, and uh, it's just been a great, great season overall for all of us. And uh, I really, I really had a good feeling coming in that we were gonna do some special things this year, and I'm really happy that we've been proving that right.
3: Hey, Wyatt, have you, have, have you guys? And I'll start with Wyatt. Have you played? Did you play in the junior bulldog program? And, and you've played together with a number of these guys since fourth, fifth grade?
6: Yeah, we've been. Uh, used be called the Colts and we've been playing together since fifth grade tackle football and then even before that we played flag football together so we've kind of grown up playing football together and it's just nice to see all that hard work start to pay off this year.
3: Hey, White, if you had to, if you had to uh, walk down a dark alley and you could take Charlie with you or John with you, who would you take? I don't know. That's tough. I have
6: no clue. You can't put
3: me on the spot like that. Matt, hey, you're the quarterback. You're calm, cool. You're the pretty boy of the group. You and Lucas, man, not like one of Charlie and John and me. We're the big, ugly dudes, man. I don't know that. I've never met these guys. Yeah. All right, I'm going to pass on that question, Wyatt, but you give it some thought. Um, Lucas, when when this thing, we weren't sure if we were going to be playing or not. How did you, this this senior class and, and you four captains keep everybody engaged, keep everybody still motivated to get in the weight room and get all your, your work in with the idea that, look, it's we're not sure if we're going to play, but if we do play, we're going to be ready. And I'm wondering as captains how you guys did that.
7: Yeah, um, I mean, from the get-go, we never really – We never really thought about the fact that we weren't going to play. We focused on the positives and the fact that we might have a chance to play. And so that really made a difference in our offseason preparation. I mean, we got everyone in the weight room, like, whenever – as soon as we could. And even before that, we were doing our lifts at home, like, virtually. And uh, we had people buy in that way, and that was really successful. And then when we could, we would – I mean, socially distance, but get together and run. And um, even just those – those little things brought the team together. And then obviously like when we hit that, we would all hit the field together often. And that would really, um, that really brought us together as a team.
3: Hey, Charlie, in this group with Wyatt and you and Lucas and John, is there one guy in, in this group of captains who is the guy who is yelling and, and getting after in the weight room and making sure that the sophomores are coming in? Are you guys more quiet leaders? Is there one that um, is the one that uh, might be the most vocal?
1: Uh, I think all of us are great leaders, but when it comes to the weight room, John is just a menace. I mean, he's he's one of the strongest guys on the team, if not the for sure. I mean, he's just he can lift so much. He's always in there. He's loud. He's getting everyone going, making sure everyone gets all their reps. So I think all of us as a team, as collectively as captains, you know, we make sure everyone gets their job done. But when it comes to lifting, that, that's that's John's uh, that's
3: John's specialty. Hey, hey Wyatt. Take John with you in that dark alley. All right. uh, I'm just now. Hey, with a name like Charlie O'Connell, he might be a little dirtier. He might, you know, take care of business before the guy even knows it's going to happen. But with Charlie saying that, take John with you. And if you, hey, look, <laughs> L- L- Lucas has all these positions, but he's probably fast and he might run on you. So keep John in that dark alley. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, I've got a couple of things to talk to Brian about. And it, before we get to break, Ryan, um, with, with all the social media and all the things that, that guys like Wyatt and Charlie and Lucas can look at, um, I know it's hard as a former basketball coach not to have these kids tr- try to get them not to be online, trying to figure out who in Division Two won last night, who didn't, can we move up, can we, that kind of stuff. Ryan, did you talk to your kids when you were coaching um, about trying to stay away from some of that information?
4: Oh, absolutely. And we also tried to uh, make sure that we, we didn't give any bulletin board material on any of those platforms to anybody else that we may uh, – may cross lines with in, in future games and things like that. But it's it's really about, you know, staying internal and believing in yourselves and, and staying in the moment and really enjoying each other. And you hear these kids talk today, there is no doubt they have a love for each other. They really do value the time that they get together. And they're just staying in the moment and having fun. And if you stay within yourself, uh, good things can happen.
3: You know, and I know these four brew boys are too smart to give any uh, bulletin material. Hey, Lucas, what do you think of Homestead? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to even <laughs> – Lucas, do not answer that question. Don't do it. Man, you see, that's the Irish in me, boys, bringing out, trying to be a pot Other side of the break, I'm going to talk to Brian Lear about our pick-and-save student athlete of the week. Not able to join us, but I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about him. i got a few more questions for our four captains. And you want to know why Cedarburg's doing well? Listen to these guys talk. Wyatt, Charlie, Lucas, and John – Man, I would uh, I would coach these boys anytime. I I love their spirit, how fun they are, and and uh, talking about each other and the love and trust that they have to be part of this program is uh, it's apparent on, on uh, why this team is doing well. Other side of the break, Brian Lear, head coach, and we'll talk about our Pick and Save student athlete of the week. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local Pick and Save stores, on twelve fifty a.m. The Fan.
2: So who is this week's Student Athlete of the Week? Who's making a difference in their community, in their classroom, and on the court? Let's meet the Pick and Save High School Student Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by your local Pick and Save stores, where Wisconsin saves on groceries.
3: Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. So we do the Pick and Save Student Athlete of the Week, and it's more than just being a student athlete. It's about being a good kid, being a good teammate, being good in the community it's a lot of things that pick and save is really proud of. And when I asked Brian Lear, he said, look man I got I don't I can't choose one. I've got my captains are all like three five or above for the most part. We've got kids all over the place And I said, well should we pass? Are you sure there isn't a kid And we he sent me a text back about a young man named Jason Schultz. He said, look, he's a really excellent player, honorable mention as a sophomore. And he got hurt. And I want to tell you about this kid. And he went on for a long thing about how he, you know what, this is a kid loved by his teammates. Um, Despite his injury, he was there this morning helping with our annual soft fundraiser. He's got a good GPA. um, Can't be on the radio because he's got a doctor's appointment at 10 o'clock. And I said, no, that's that's the kid we want. The fact that he showed up this morning Coach Lear is exactly what the pick and save student athlete is all about. And so I really appreciate your willingness to allow me to talk about Jason Schultz and what a good football player, but what a better
5: teammate he is. Yeah. I appreciate, uh, you know, taking the time to to recognize, uh, kids like, uh, a Jason. Um, Jason is really, really a special kid. Uh, whether these injuries came his way or not, it, it would still be obvious um, to what type of kid he is. He's loved by his teammates. He's loved by his coaches. Um, just a, a heck of a football player, uh, certainly. Um, but every day you're with him, uh, just the way he enjoys being with his teammates and, and plays, uh, being able to play the game. Um, and he's, a, he's one heck of a football player. As I mentioned, my message to you, you know, he had a nice sophomore year, received some mention uh, as an all-conference uh, player. Uh, last year, um, expected big things, and I think it was the first quarter of our second game against Homestead. He uh, tore his ACL and MCL, so very serious injury. Uh, he rehabbed um, all offseason and was clear. I think the anniversary of his injury was right during maybe the first week of practice. Um, he, he rehabbed hard, and you know he came back and and uh, he started both. Uh, you know, on offense and defense for us the last two weeks, one of our players was out and, uh, Jason stepped up uh, against Homestead. I had get 140 yards rushing against West Venice wow. almost 200. But, uh, the thing about him is, you know, then last night he, uh, broke his collarbone last night oh. uh, early in the game. And, uh, um, you know, it's just having kids get hurt is the worst part about football. And, and as you know, you're only playing so many games and, uh, to see Jason go down is, is heartbreaking to, to say, say the least. Um, he loves the game. He's just a super kid. I love him. His teammates love him. Um, and to keep staying with him to persevere the way he has, I can't say enough about him. He'll be, he'll be playing at the next level. And and uh, yeah, this morning here at 7:30, uh, we have our Salt Tail fundraiser. Who's there? You know, Jason's there with the sling on, and he uh, had to go to a doctor at 10 o'clock, but. I just can't say enough about him. He's one of my very top all-time uh, kids as far as his attitude and ability, too. Well, that Brian,
3: that right there says um, everything I need to know about him because you've had some unbelievable kids over the years. Um, do me a favor and get me uh, Jason's contact information. And What will happen is next week um, I will come out and I'll get in contact with him to figure out what day and time works best. We'll meet at the closest pick-and-save to his house. And I'll get you the information. I'll certainly get Wyatt and Charlie, Lucas, and John because they're the captains, and I would assume that they're going to want to join us at that Pick and Save store. And what happens is we give um, Jason Schultz uh, a nice plaque from your local Pick and Save store. We get pictures that go up on on the website and the Facebook page for... um pick and save and we just celebrate kids like Jason Schultz so if you can later today get me his contact information I look forward to meeting him and uh, I'll let you know Brian when we're going to meet and if you can make it I'd love to invite you and and see if we can't get Jason's family to come join us as well so thank you for allowing me to talk about him and allowing pick and save to honor this young man for not only what he does on the field but certainly in the classroom and what he does in the community so thank you for that Hey, we just got a, a minute or two left. Um, hey, let me go real quick. Wyatt, do you know what's going on next year with you?
6: Um, next year, I, I just plan on going to a, a large college, just focus on academics. I think I'm going to put football in the past, although I love it. It'll be tough, but that's my plan.
3: You know what? Then, uh, hey, um, every snap, you know what? Every snap, uh, play like it's your last one, Wyatt. Because oh, this yeah. is, uh, I love, I, I and as you guys do high school football and high school sports, I, I, a lot of times it doesn't get any better than that. So congratulations with that. Charlie, how about you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty similar to Wyatt. You know, football is it's one of my favorite things to do now, but come next year, you know, I'm probably just going to go to a university like Wyatt and just focus on academics as well.
3: Beautiful. Lucas, how about you?
1: Yeah, see, uh, I don't know. That's a hard decision for me. I've
7: been back and forth a lot, but... I'm going to say I'm 50-50 right now. And between the route that Wyatt and Charlie are taking and between looking for an opportunity to play football somewhere. So,
3: um, Hey, Lucas, you know what the cool thing is about being your age? You can change your mind three times before we get off the air here in two minutes. So, you know what? Yeah. Um, enjoy that part because when you get old like me, you can't make all these decisions anymore. <laughs> John McFadden, how about you?
2: Uh, I'm gonna, I plan on going to like a larger university and uh, – Doing everything I can to play some college football and uh, continue my journey on with football from here. Yeah. Obviously good. focusing on academics, but uh, I don't think I'm ready to give up football quite
3: yet. a boy. Well, good boys, good answers. Hey, Brian, before we um, say goodbye to these guys, um, I think Drew Bieber, where did he, he just committed to Purdue, I think.
5: Is that correct? Yeah. Just this past week, he, uh, he uh, committed to uh, Purdue. Uh, it's been quite the process, you know, early in the year before COVID hit. We had coaches coming in and out here almost daily, wanting to, uh, you know, talk to me about him and and uh, learn more about him. And COVID, you know, that whole situation kind of changed recruiting for a lot a lot of people, different path. And uh, but uh, you know, he stayed with it. Drew's a heck of a player. I think a lot of people know that. Um, and I think he's found a, just a super spot for him. He's an outstanding student athlete as well. Um, obviously, Purdue's a great school. Uh, it's been his dream to play in the Big Ten, and you know he's going to get a chance to do that. It's close to home, so his family can see him play. But uh, yeah, good things for Drew uh, moving forward.
3: Hey, Coach, was was he uh, did, had Wisconsin taken a look at him at all?
5: Well, that's one school that really, really wasn't uh, in on um, uh, Drew. Huh? Um, maybe a different different style tight end, perhaps. Uh, you know, he's he's still growing. He's legitimately six five. He's about two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, not quite the you know the weight that uh, you know Wisconsin has with their tight ends always but uh great deal of respect obviously Coach Chris and his staff they're out there and uh you know but um, so we had several other big ten schools and opportunities were there and Purdue actually just came into the pitcher within the last two weeks. So
3: Wow um, and made an offer was- like that. Well good for him. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to and I, I would assume that he'll be a great ambassador for you and for these four captains and for Cedarburg, the community of Cedarburg, and, and certainly Cedarburg High School. Wyatt, Charlie, Lucas, and John, you guys have been great. I, I have to tell you that this is really fun. When we can do this like a round table and guys can just kind of laugh a little bit and, and listen to each other's answers and stuff like that. When I talked to Brian Lear and he said, we have, we have these guys that are, are leading this team. And they are special guys, and they'll have fun with this. Um, He's right. So thank you so much. Uh, If you can, uh, I will certainly let our Pick and Save Student Athlete of the Week know to let you guys know when we're going to meet over at whatever Pick and Save, again, is closest to his uh, house. If if you guys can make it at that time, I would love for you guys to come over, and we'll shake hands a little bit, and I'll uh, walk out to my car with John McFadden. That's who I'll walk out with. You guys pick Charlie if you want him, but not me. Hey, Brian, thank you very much. I appreciate this.
5: Thank you, Mike. Hey, uh we appreciate what you're doing as football coaches, what you do with your your show, and what you've done with Thursday Night Lights and everything. It's a great platform for these kids, you know, that didn't exist uh, back back when I, I was playing. So it's a great opportunity to give these kids, and it adds to our great sport of football. So thank you very much.
3: You bet, Brian. Thank you very much, and boys, thanks a lot. Why you uh, you be the spokesperson? Say goodbye to us. All
6: right. See you later.
3: Thank you very much. <laughs> you got to keep up the good work, boys. Other side of the break, I uh, can't believe it, but we got somebody from Walk High School as our Superhero of the Week. I'm only kidding, Ryan. I know in your neighborhood there's a couple superheroes, but I'm looking forward to talking to Anna Wakowiak. She's, again, the current electric Superhero of the Week, and we'll talk to her on the other side of the break. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaching Show presented by our local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM, The Fan.